Good morning, everybody, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Gotta Have Heart Wrestling with yours truly, Jamal Holness. And I know I've been talking about the lot of the more classic events from the past, specifically about the 90s, but we're going to also, you know, bring it up to date more modern paper events I want to talk about here. And since it is about to be December, you know, Christmas is literally right, right around the corner. It's always so cool when Dedebe gives us a early Christmas present of table lads and chairs. And speaking of one table lads and chairs, I want to talk about last year's TLC event, 2019 table lads and chairs event, which is pretty good itself, you know? It took place on December 15th, 2019, and the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Raw SmackDown event here. It's pretty good safe to say that we had a pretty unique table as and chess match. The first ever women's tag team TLC matchup for the women's tag team champions as the Kabuki Warriors, Oscar and Kyrie Zane, go up against Becky and Charlotte Flair. Of course, you know, Becky being the Raw Women's Champion. So this is interesting to see, like, how... This whole thing will play out here. We all know the history between Becky and Charlotte. You know, best friends turned into bitter enemies. They had this amazing rivalry that developed after SummerSlam 2018, and which led them to a series of matches that we would never, never forget. You know, so it's pretty interesting to see how well these two work together. And the Kabukori, who had been on such an amazing run as a women's tag team champions, we will see how they will stand out. Considering this is Kyrie Zane's first TLC match up here, and for us at the time, main eventing a pay per view event. Let's see how well she sells up here. But let's speak of the pre show here. We had Humberto Carrillo versus Andrade, which Humberto Carrillo won in 12 minutes and 45 seconds. I love watching these two guys fight because you're going to get that classic Eddie Gore Rey Mysterio type matchup here. You can see a lot of high flying. This match did not disappoint. Humberto Carrillo, one of the Best upcoming superstars on Monday Night Raw. Yes, got Andrade too, who really impressed me the hell out of me in NXT, when, especially when he was the NXT World Champion. So both these two superstars combined, we're going to see some magic here between these two superstars, and they did not disappoint. Man, what the career, I could, I, this guy has a bright future. So it's the same with, with Andrade, a bright future for both these guys here. And the rivalry at that point really spoke for itself too. So I loved watching these two fight no matter when it happened or where it happened. So it was a pretty good treat to see that match, you know. All right, next up here, we kick off the event with a ladder match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champions. We have Big E and Colt Kings of the New Day defending against the revival of Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder. Let me tell you something. The New Day, they've been together for, well, approximately six years now, 2026 years. At the time last year, five years being together as a group, they are, without a shadow of a doubt, probably one of the best tag teams of the modern era and possibly one of the greatest tag teams ever in WWE's history. But even if was me another action at that time being, these two guys, without their brother-in-arms, Xavier was managed to still be at the top of the tag team mountain. It's okay. You know, it's really... So surreal how special these guys are. And you take a look at, you know, the revival. The revival, the impressive tag team. They've captured tag team championships no matter where they've gone. They've been the NXT tag team champion, the Raw tag team champion, and even, like, before in the fall of 2019, they were the SmackDown tag team champions. 
Now, spoiler alert, if you guys don't know, the arrival or FTR and AEW right now are, you know, well, it's worthy. AEW is team champions. As soon as they came to AEW, they're all attached They're already on the top. So it's like they never left the top of that tag team mountain. So a lot of matches are not disappointing here, especially with giving Kofi Kingston's background live matches. So damn impressive. Go back and watch the um, his first one at WrestleMania 25, the Money in the Bank ladder match. See how impressive Kofi Kingston that matches, and follow every single one of his ladder matches up to this very one. And you'll see how... You know, Kofi never won a single light match by himself, but but in this one, this mind you, this would be his second tag team line match that he would win as far as the new day. You know, first one back in twenty fifteen TLC in Boston when the triple match between him, the Lucha Brothers, and the Usos. This one did not disappoint. I love this. I rate this match four to five stars because for match like this to kick off the TLC event was pretty damn impressive. I couldn't take my eyes to see what was gonna happen next. Very impressive. This match lasts 19 minutes and 20 seconds here. Good job for that that we've put this match on first as an opener. Really damn cool. Next up, we will see Alistair Black defeat Buddy Murphy in 13 minutes and 45 seconds here. Let me tell you Alistair Black, I love the character. I love the mystique. I love the darkness persona about him. It's so surreal. His entrance alone is what gets these fans out of their seats. And it gets me out of my seat too. Because you get to watch this guy. Just being raised like he's coming from the from the dead, and just walk to the ring, slow, methodical, almost kind of like an Undertaker-like entrance, but a little less darker. But at the same time, you know, this guy's his guy's footwork. I never seen more impressive kicks, well, other than Dana Bryan, of course, than Alistair Black. Those legs of him are magic. Guy will kick you from anywhere and anyhow. I love this guy and Buddy Murphy. There's a reason why he is called WWE's best kept secret. This guy was one of the greatest champions I've ever seen when on part 205 Live, which is on WWE Network every Friday night after SmackDown. This guy can do literally anything from anywhere. He is pretty damn good. So you put Buddy Murphy and Alistair Black together, you're going to see competition on a level that cannot be explained. It's pretty damn cool. So, if I was about to defeat Buddy Murphy in 13 minutes and 45 seconds, it was pretty cool. But I'm going to give more of the praise to Buddy Murphy here because I really see Buddy Murphy in the future probably more champion. This is maybe me speaking on my, on my ass and people not agreeing with me on this, but truly, Buddy Murphy is WWE's future you know, for years to come. He still has his best years and he's going to have a lot of great matches here. This one, I was like, did not disappoint. I love when he's 2 for 1 on 1 here. It's going to be so surreal here. Two amazing athletes in their prime, so athletic in so many ways. Also, like, I hope, you know, for the time being, he's on SmackDown. He's not very, I, he's not being very used right now, but I think he's in the future of being the Universal Champion one day, too. Who knows? It could happen. It can happen. Next up, we will see the Viking Raiders defend the Tattoo Championships against the OC of Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. This match unfortunately ended up in a double countout, which lasted 8 minutes 30 seconds here. The Viking Raiders, being the World Tag Team Champions, still got to retain their championships. It's not too bad. I, here's the thing, the Viking Raiders, you know, went from the Viking Experience and the War Raiders back in NXT. These guys had a few name changes in the tag team. They're pretty cool, especially um, Ivar. Ivar being the more heavy of the two. And seeing this guy do cartwheels in the ring, I thought it was pretty weird at first. 
But I'm like, there's something special about Ivar. He, he's something special. And, you know, for him to get this on-screen role of having these chicks digging behind him is cute. It, it's something. It's it's cool. But I don't know. They I expect more from these guys being this big, powerful tag team. I expect more as far as, like, the ground and pound. These guys should be running through the whole tag team division here. And, of course, me, OC being one of the most impressed tag teams also. Former Raw Tag Team Champions as well. I don't know. It's kind of like they were big in 2017, but as soon as 2018 comes, they've been let down. Like, gone to the bottom of the tag team division where they're used, they're used in some great tag team matches, but not too much. They're actually doing better now in Impact Wrestling, as so to speak. And, I don't know. It's just something about, you know, Luke Alcarnas and former NWGP Tag Team Champions in New Japan. You know, they were impressive over there as part of the Bullet Club. Bullet Club, well known for their accomplishments that started in Japan. But I think as soon as they come to America, come to the WWE, they have not really been impressive. Like I said, they were impressive in 2016 when they first came in, in 2017. But as soon as 2018 hits in 2019, I don't know. I, there's a reason why these guys left the WWE. It wasn't just for them. It really wasn't. I would love to see them accomplish more than WWE, but I guess it just wasn't their place. And for the Viking Raiders to face him, I don't know. I wasn't really impressed with this matchup here, especially ending on a um, double countout. I didn't like it too much. I really didn't. So, this match was a flop for me as far as anything goes. Next up, we will see the first TLC match of the night of King Corbin defeating Roman Reigns. Yes, you heard this correctly. King Corbin defeated Roman Reigns in a table having chance match here. I don't know what's up in TLC matches in Roman Reigns. They don't really go hand-in-hand, hand, considering he lost one of Sheamus four years prior, 2015 also. So it's kind of like history repeating itself here. I don't know at this point where they'll, they're going up in that roller coaster with Roman Reigns. Mind you, you got a big one of Survivors here for Team SmackDown, defeating NXT's Keith Lee in one of the most impressive showdown matches in Survivor's history. But, like, for him to lose to Baron Corbin, could you not? I can say, honestly, I am a Baron Corbin fan. Even even King Corbin, you know, his character right now. I am a King Corbin fan. Most likely just because he's a heel and he knows to take that heel perspective and expand it beyond your horizons. King Corbin right now is good on the mic, good charismatically. His character's on point. His in-ring skills are really good, especially at the end of the day's finisher. And he can really take things to get under your skin in a way that you're going to love to hate this guy. But he does it so well and with so much style that you can really call him one of the greatest heels that I be today. I love it. It reminds me of King Holly Race when he was a heel. It's pretty damn cool. Even kind of reminds me of the heel Ric Flair in a way. Maybe a little style than Ric Flair, but you got you to gotta praise King Corbin on this. Not many people might not get on the bandwagon, but King Corbin is the future of WWE. Imagine, he's been the money in the bank. Andre the Giant more about was. In wrestling WWE, he won at WrestleMania 32. He was the United States champion. So, it's like, he was even Jamie the Raw at one point, you know, a year prior, 2018. So, for him to be King Corbin, now that he is the King of the Ring, reigning, defending King of the Ring, is pretty cool to see. But him, you know, of course he has some back in this matchup, unfortunately. But him defeating Roman Reigns in a TLC match in 22 minutes and 20 seconds, this has got to be one of the biggest victories in King Corbin's career. Let me get this one here tonight. So I praise him. I, you know, I love Roman Reigns, but you got to love King Corbin for going out and say that he's defeated Roman Reigns in a table ladders and chairs match. Pretty damn cool. I love that.
you know. Next up, we will see. This is gonna be a weird match here. I don't, I don't, I don't see the points match. You have Bray Wyatt, the normal Bray Wyatt character, not the evil one, defeating the Miz. And you know, and it's like I don't know. I don't know what was the point of this match. And you know, it's like you know. Okay, I got this. You know, Bray Wyatt being the Fiend character, to the person you got the Fiend character and you got the Bray Wyatt fire firehouse tournament match. And you know, it's pretty crazy. You know, I've given a try to storyline with Bray Wyatt evading. Mrs. House and you know going there their daughter Monroe's guy with you know Maurice in the house too but I really get this. This is the first time we see the Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt character come out. Now you didn't come out of the thing, you didn't come out here as a regular Bray Wyatt character that's creepy and scared everybody in some kind of way. But it's like you know he wins in a short type of match up here. And I don't know. It's like I feel like the Miz should have won this matchup to give him high praise, but he lost. And it's like I don't know. I did not like it too much at all. I really didn't. This match lasted six minutes and forty seconds here. What? But what happened after that matchup here was that they might come back and try to attempt to hit Bray Wyatt with that huge mallet, which I think is the most ridiculous looking thing I've ever seen in his history. And as soon as Daniel Bryan, come on, you, the last time we see Daniel Bryan was when he was stuck down into the ring by the Fiend from losing that Survivor Series and the SmackDown after that and seeing Daniel Bryan pieces of hair cut up. We will see this whole new look of Daniel Bryan from what we've seen back in 2011 when he originally cut off his hair, this buzz cut. I'm thinking, okay, this isn't Daniel Bryan. It's maybe more aggressive Daniel Bryan, a mean streak of him of some sorts. And we will see that too. So I'm actually glad we saw Daniel Bryan returning. You know, with this new look of his and pretty surreal here, a new angry Dan Bryan. So, you know, I loved it. I really did. But the whole match with Bray Wyatt and this, I think was a lot better. I think they should have won it as for this point. It really was. I, I didn't enjoy it one bit, to be honest. So, I want any more impressive matches in WWE's history, but I guess it was just something to put on the card. You know, I guess in a way. All right. We will go to the. To here, what we see, Bobby actually with Lana, and it's kind of weird, defeat Rusev in tables match. This match lasts 13 minutes and 30 seconds here. What I gotta say is this it may seem like at the time where the season premiere when they raw premiered in September, at the end of September, then we see the return of Bobby Lashley, and then we see the return of Lana after Rusev lost the Universal Championship match to Seth Rollins that night. It was shocking to say the least what Bobby Lashley kissing Lana right in front of Rusev up in the stage ramp. And I thought, holy shit, this is a, this is a big drama right here. This is actually, this this seemed like a storyline that could have broke broke record. That could have seemed like it could have brought ratings, but it really didn't. You know, so at times, you know, it just seemed really out of point. Knowing that Rusev and Lana married in real life. And we got her making out with some guy who whom was also married to his wife also, well known, of course the Marshall, who was born with WWE Diva. And you know, it was it's pretty weird, you know. I'm thinking, okay, death match, these two guys can beat the hell of each other, you know, okay, cool. We're gonna, we're gonna see some 
grounded time action here, but it was, it was kind of disappointing story a little bit because at one point, why not fake the pregnancy? You think you think AJ can get more drama than that? You know, uh, I don't know. It was just really weird. And pr- the proposal thing, I don't know what was that about. And then somehow their fake wedding on a raw too. I get why maybe Dudley won price throwing them. I get why they want to try it, but it just seemed like a big flop. Also, I didn't enjoy this match. The table match was okay, but it could have been a little better, in a way. You know, Bob Lashley wins. You know, I love Bob Lashley. This guy can impress the thing. He's a former ECW champion. You know, United States champion as well, and a former Canal champion. But for me, Bob Lashley right now should at least have one world championship ring, maybe two, already in his career. And WWE, at least. You know, he was impressed with Impact Wrestling a number of years ago. And Rusev. Did you think I about Rusev? His long year in the future because he's the United States champion. And also, the Rusev Day character. I feel like WWE could have pushed that boundaries, too. Had could have some big merchandise sales from the Rusev Day gimmick. You know, I call it a gimmick because it didn't really further than about, like, maybe a few months. But other than that, it was pretty cool. You got the finish in Rusev Day. Rusev Day. But other than that, you know, that's as far as it got. You know, I didn't really get my further than that. So I was kind of disappointed to see when it all just ended, you know. So this match was okay. Not one of the most impressive matchups. But luckily, we did see more bigger things from Bob Lashley in the future here. Plus, lining himself with MVP, making the hurt business right now, that'll be. I feel like that's the most, one of the most successful factions. Right now in WWE, so yeah, so he was probably actually doing pretty okay for himself. Well, because right now in real life, he's the current reigning United States champion on Monday Night Raw. So, pretty kudos for him. Next up, we will see the main event the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kari Zane, defending the Tag Champions against Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair in the first ever women's tag team TLC match. And this match was pretty damn good. It was pretty damn good. You wonder how the hell Charlotte and Becky are gonna work together. Luckily, they found a way. When you find a common enemy, no matter what tag team it is, you can put those two people together. And they work together to take out that enemy. And this match is not disappointing. There was even a spot in this matchup where Karazina got hit with a ladder and got a severe concussion that would cut all his action for a number of weeks after this event here. Even to the point where she really didn't wrestle that much after. Maybe throughout the second half of the entire matchup here. We saw ropes, we saw tables, lots of chairs being used, ladder spots. It was pretty good as far as women's TLC matches go. This one did not disappoint. So, you got Asuka again. Remember, the year prior in TLC match with Becky and Charles, those same two have won the SmackDown Championship thanks to Ronda Rousey in the film that matchup. So, this year, for Asuka to get that win for her team, really elevated Asuka's career to prove that not only in the TLC match, but also in the tag team TLC match, she is still. Unstoppable, aka nobody was ready for Oscar, <laughs> certainly, you know. So, I really appreciate the hell you took tag team. The Kabuki Warriors really cool. That did a good job putting these two together here. And the team back in Charlotte Flair, even though they are good friends, but I feel like they're better enemies as far as their rivalry goes. Back Lynch won the greatest home chance of all time when they're in the main event was May 35 involving Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. Pretty damn awesome match. That'll be one of the biggest wrestling matches of all time. So, for the Blue Warriors to get this win tonight, I'm good to win at the pay-per-view event. It was pretty damn surreal, you know? So, I really like the Hell's match. I'll rate this match 4 out of 5 stars, too. So, yeah. 
But also, I want to thank you guys for listening to this bonus episode about TLC. And don't forget, this year's Taylor Island Chair 2020 will be live on Sunday, December 20th, 7 p.m. for Pacific here. It's going to be really good. We don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to expect some carnage to be happening at that event. I hope you guys have a good day and enjoy yourselves and be safe, everybody.